When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Hello, how are you? I just got done this morning with my walk. One day a week, I do like a five mile walk, which is, I live in a neighborhood, a planned community where um, we have all these trails and nature and it's, and it's just lovely. And, you know, every time I do it, I am reminded how much nature is good for me and really good for everybody, right? Their mental health being, there's something about nature that is very spiritual in nature and really connects with our soul. And, you know, on this walk, like we have this crane family. And if you don't know what cranes are, they're like, they're really tall, thin birds. And they always like move in families and they have like babies and they're, they, they come right next to you. They're amazing. So I see ibises and cranes and it's just, amazing that they live amongst like all of us in this community. And, you know, it really, that time in nature, even though it's super hot here in Florida, like I come home, right. To plead it quite a bit, but it really does tap into my soul. And so I want you to think about how are you tapping into your soul? Because part of the walk, and I had to like, kind of get into this habit I don't listen to anything. I turn off the podcast and the music because I need the stillness. And I think one of our biggest problems in the world we live in, like we have so much noise, we have so many opinions, we have so many opportunities to be entertained. You know, I mean, how many streaming devices, right, are there? And it's just always an option to be in noise. And so we have to purposely like quiet our world and really like sometimes in the car, I do this where I don't listen to anything. And when I walk, those are my two places. And when I, for our church, go to my temple and the beach, those are the three place, four places that I really try to really quiet my mind. And that's what I'm going to talk about today is finding your inner wisdom. You know, I, coached like three different moms in the last couple of weeks where they came to the call like, this is so complicated. This is so overwhelming. I'm not sure what to do. And by the end of the call, they totally knew what to do. And I would argue that in the beginning of the call, they knew what to do, but our brain it's hard to find like that wisdom because so much is going on or we're really, really cluttered. Like our brain gets like that junk drawer or your closet or the Christmas bins where there's so much going in there that you really have no idea what's in there. And so I'm going to talk today about finding your inner wisdom as a parent. And this is really important because I really firmly believe that your children were sent to you because of your gifts, your wisdom, your insight, and it's going to be different from mine. And so your children are as unique as you are, and the Lord did not make a mistake of sending you those children. So, you know, what is really inner wisdom when I'm talking about it? And some people call it intuition, insight, or the spirit. 
okay? Um, whatever term you use, it is the little voice inside you that really represents the real you, your soul, your best self. It's the you after like you strip away like society standards and expectations and everyone else's, everybody else's opinions. It's what in your gut feeling, you know, kind of your gut feeling. And I like to view it as the spirit. That's how I view my inner wisdom. And what happens when we get really good at listening to our inner wisdom, it helps us connect with others on a much deeper level. And because we feel more confident, it allows us to be our most genuine, most real, most authentic self. And when we are feeling that, that is where we really get connected to all the people around us. So if this is so amazing, why is this so hard to hear? Why do we stop listening to it? And really, all of us start, stop listening to it because at some point when we used our inner wisdom, when we applied to it, when we showed up authentically, we were shut down. And it could be like people, your relatives, your friends, even strangers, like teachers, kids at school, they somehow hurt you or let you down or criticized you, rejected you, embarrassed you. And that shut down your inner wisdom. Um, maybe one time you expressed yourself and instead of being received in love, you were maybe mocked or felt shamed or criticized. Okay. Sometimes um, when we had experienced big emotional shifts, like really happy or really sad, and that took place in life in a way that it really felt unsafe and vulnerable and like we were out of control, okay? So sometimes we don't listen to our inner, inner wisdom because it makes us feel out of control. When we're feeling scarcity, like in times in our life where we didn't have enough love or money or something that you really needed or wanted, um, and maybe your emotional or physical safety was compromised, that is why you have stopped listening to your um, inner wisdom, scarcity um, and protection. Um, you know, we're supposed to feel protected and emotionally safety at all times and let unconditional love, but that is really not the world we live in. We get criticized, um, people say things, and it makes us feel unsafe. And so we stop listening to being authentically us. And I think the last one is why we stop listening is just lack. Um, you feel like you aren't good enough. You don't measure up. You were doing it wrong or you were being left behind. You're left out. So as you can see, all of these have a common theme of we stop listening to our inner wisdom because we're trying to protect ourselves, okay? And we move to, um, it's really experiences that think about in your past that sparked fear or other feelings inside of you that led you to believe that you needed protection. And when you did that, then your inner wisdom, I want you to realize, goes smaller and quieter. And I want you to think about like, what is your relationship with your inner wisdom? Think about it almost like a roommate or a friend situation, okay? Because everyone has it. Um, I like to think everybody's born with the light of Christ. I call the inner wisdom light of Christ or the spirit. Um, some people say like higher power, the gut, um, the still small voice. But everybody, I believe, if you're a human being, you have the opportunity to hear your inner wisdom. Sometimes mental health gets in the way, but most of the population has inner wisdom and can hear it. So we're, most of us are born with a solid connection to our inner guidance systems. And we don't always create a consistent relationship with our inner wisdom. And sometimes like people, it's non-existence, right? Because there's been so many of those issues I said before where they stop listening. But the good news is you can relearn how to receive guidance from that inner wisdom and really establish a strong connection and trust, no matter how estranged the relationship is right now. And I'm going to teach you how to do that.
So I'm going to give you five areas to kind of um, gauge where you're at. And then we're going to learn from there of how to get back to it. Like, are you strangers? Meaning you don't even remember hearing your wisdom. And you are probably saying, Jenny, I don't even think I have one. Okay. That is what I would say is strangers. Now, estranged is you remember a time when you did have a connection to your inner wisdom, but that was a very long time ago. Okay. Acquaintances is you have a connection and you can receive guidance when you choose it, but you don't trust it and you don't always turn tune into it. Um, and you really don't look for yourself for guidance. You look outside of you for other people. And if you're good friends, I would say you receive it, you act on it, um, but still you're not doing it in all areas of your life. Now, what I want you to do is become best friends with your inner wisdom. And when you are really aligned with yourself, and I like to call it aligned with the spirit, it's the main voice that really runs your mind and guides your life to feeling the most peace and confidence is your inner wisdom. And, you know, <laughs> excuse me, this might be different for everybody. But I want you to think about when you did something that went against kind of the grain or what somebody else was telling you, or, you know, you really trusted yourself and it felt hard to do, that was your inner wisdom. And that is what we want to grow is that voice. Because even when you're doing something that everybody else is not agreeing with, the end result is always going to be positive for you because you're so sure of your journey and your wisdom and really having confidence in yourself. Okay. So what I like to call um, is what gets in the way is your um, inner mean girl. Okay. And this is from a book from um, Amy Allers and Kristen Arlo. It's reform your inner mean girl. And really that the inner mean girl is basically she tries to get your attention because she's so concerned about your well-being. Like the inner mean girl really is somebody who is trying, she's trying to protect you. Um, And her attempt to care for you is doing so in just like a really painful and unhelpful way, but she's doing it completely out of protection. And so that's why you've listened to her for so long because she's protected you, but it it is not getting you the result you want in your life right now. Like when I was talking to my clients about decisions they were making around their children, how they're showing up as their mom, they were feeling not peace. They were feeling anxiety and worry and really feeling like they were doing it wrong. Okay. And so when people first become like aware, like when I teach this concept of like, well, this inner mean girl that we all have, and I want you kind of picture your inner mean girl. It's a really good idea to like name her, see her, um, like really kind of visualize her when they see really like what the pain she is causing for themselves. It's a common thing to want to get rid of her and to do so by either like ignoring her and like this is called the inner critic, um, you know, all different names, but um, we're just going to call her the inner mean girl today. And you want her just <laughs> just to tell her to shut up or push her away. But all that does is typically get her, make her, her voice stronger because all parts of ourselves want to be heard. She's actually has a purpose in your life. Like the inner critic, the inner mean girl, that is a purpose um, that we have. It's not just to um, bring us pain. It's actually usually to protect us and to give us um, the other side. And so you have to learn how to hear her, let her speak, 
And then she will get smaller and, and you'll be able to have more control over if you're going to listen to her. But ignoring her and trying to shut her down will only make her louder. So how do we know the difference between like if you're listening to your inner mean girl or your inner, inner wisdom? Okay. And I want you to tell the difference. Like really it is your body. Your body is the barometer. Like, what is your body feeling? What are you feeling? What is happening? Are you feeling tight? Are you feeling um, anxious? Are you like heavy or are you feeling light and at peace? So if you are following kind of the inner mean girl, her direction with how you, the actions you should be doing, what you should be thinking, like these are the descriptions I would say what how you would if I said how are you feeling you would be saying I'm tense I'm defensive I'm disconnected I'm frenzied I'm heavy I'm pressured I'm stressed I'm tight I'm ungrounded I'm anxious I'm critical I'm regretful I'm lonely I'm judgmental shameful all of those okay all of those emotions but when you're really learning how to follow your inner wisdom even in circumstances, and I just experienced this last week with one of our family circumstances where we had um, one of my children really disobeying one of our rules and I had to really work on boundary work. I was, even though it was a circumstance that I would not choose um, and I had a lot of thoughts about it, I was still very calm, excited, grounded, light, open. I was relaxed. I was solid. I felt safe. I felt supported. I felt balanced, compassionate. I felt connected to my child. I felt committed. I was empowered. I was forgiving. I was loving. I was present. Very like different feeling. Same circumstance I had with this child like five years previous and the child was still reacting the same way, but I was completely different because I've learned how to listen to my inner wisdom. Okay. So listening to ourselves is the tricky part. Because usually that inner wisdom is just a mere whisper and it's a murmur that's especially hard to hear over like your harsh inner critic. So this is the way you do it, okay? Um, first, you have to figure out how your inner wisdom communicates with you. And there are many different forms that your wisdom tries to communicate with you. You know, um, our prophet of our Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he's talking, um, he talks a lot these days about hearing him. And I would say that is like hearing your inner wisdom. Um, the spirit is a another language and it's learning how that language speaks for you. Like it's sounds, sights, feelings, knowing, sometimes others, second witnesses and dreams. Like the spirit really speaks to me in thoughts where I have a thought over and over again. And that thought, if I think it, it makes me feel light and all those things, those that's one and dreams. I have dreams a lot. Um, and sometimes the second witness. Okay. Sometimes music, it's different for everybody, but like being able to first, I think the first one is to know that you do have the inner wisdom. And second is then like, how to find it and how that spirit or the inner wisdom is speaking to you. And so the funny thing about the inner mean girl is she shows up in a really clever way. And um, she's really good at like creating, taking our strengths and turning them into to weaknesses. And so we're going to like, I'm going to talk about seven areas of like how she shows up and how to turn her into a strength for you. And I love what um, Dallin H. Oaks said about this. He said, 
Our weaknesses are not the only areas where we are vulnerable. Satan can also attack us where we think we are strong. In the very areas where we are proud of our strengths, he will approach us through the greatest talents and spiritual gifts we possess. If we are not wary, Satan can cause our spiritual downfall by corrupting us through our strengths as well as by exploiting our weaknesses. And that is where that is the inner mean girl, where she really takes your strengths and kind of weaponizes them, use them against you. So I'm going to give you, I said seven um, different areas, and I want you just to pick one to work on. Okay. Don't work on all seven at once. And some of these won't even apply to you. But if you're like me, I have probably about five I need to work on and I'm just picking one to work on. And so the first one I would say is the achievement junkie. Um, And when you, meaning you love to achieve and you create your value from achievement. And if it's the mean girl energy, like you're feeling relentless, harsh, driven, tireless, ambitious. Okay. And she's really good at driving you to achieve more and more and more. And good at making you feel short of your potential and good at like striving you for like higher levels of excellence. Like it's never enough. Okay. So if you are feeling that achievement junkie in your life, I want you just to turn it around a little bit and still have the strength, but we're going to go more into the inner wisdom energy. Okay. Not the mean girl energy or the mean boy energy. Okay. So if how to turn it is, you know, you're turning it to work for your good. If you're feeling visionary, bigger than life, motivated, grateful, devoted. Okay. And instead of moving the bar on you every time you learn to like take a space and reflect on your accomplishments, you celebrate even the minor successes. You hold the vision for your highest potential and know that you can't screw up your destiny. Meaning like, even when you fail, you don't make it a failure. You know, that's just learning. So you enjoy the process of becoming versus the relentless doing, okay? Second one is comparison queen. Now, the mean girl energy is snide, petty, passive, aggressive, critical, judgmental, kind of superior. And you're good at seeing the beauty, brilliance, and accomplishments of all the people around you. And you're good at finding and focusing what you don't have, but what you want, like where your lack is. And you're actually good at putting other people down like you one up, one down people to make you feel superior. Okay. That is all mean girl energy, but let's turn that. If you're good at all that, let's just kind of skew it a little bit and turn it to the energy that will be more of the wisdom. So you're excited to go out and find genius. Like you're excited to see the genius around you, the beauty, you're excited about new things. Um, you are inspired, you're motivated and you're ready to give like a hand to people. Like you're ready to be open, to be learned. To, to be taught. So you surround yourself with talent and, and inspiring people to encourage you to your greatness. You learn from their greatness and partner with them. You seek to mentor others and you're vulnerable enough to ask others to mentor you. Okay. And so if you're really good about finding brilliance in other people, like let's use that for your good. That is when you like go more into your inner wisdom. The doing addict, which is kind of similar to the accomplishment, but it's a little bit different. This is like you're just busy and you can't stop. Think about like the Energizer Bunny. You're almost a little bit manic or overwhelmed and you're highly active. Like your mind is always active. So you're good at remember everything you have to do and you keep, you're really good at the to-do list and you feel accomplished every time you cross one out, okay? Just tweak this a little bit. I want you to be like, have more of the energy, like you feel on it, you feel clear, you feel focused, put together on task. You feel like you're taking care of what's most important and you're able to reprioritize the rest. You realize you can't get everything done. 
So you're good at making the list, but then you make the list like there, like the list is the boss, but you don't hyper-focus on the list. You just see it and you let it happen. Um, You don't let it affect your sleep. You value rest and replenish just like you um, value doing things. And you know, you really understand and you take time off because you know it makes you better. Okay. So if you're into that doing addict and you're feeling like the let's add like taking time off and let's add like making the list the priority. Okay. Drama queen. The mean girl energy is swirling, stirring up trouble. You're intense. You like drama. Um, so you're good at creating drama. You're good at like creating energy. You're good at keeping everything moving and you're good at creating interesting and worst case stories. Um, I, this is a very, I think everybody has a shade of this because I don't think I've coached a, a mom or a dad who hasn't thought of worst case scenarios, right? So our brain creates, brain creates a lot of drama. Okay. How to tweak this and make it more of our inner wisdom we focus on the creativity of it, the generative of like the energy and how we're eloquent in life. You focus more on being a good story creator, put your energy to creating stories about your life that empower you and inspire you. The best case scenarios, not just the worst case. And what you do is you put these skills, this like gift of yours to making your, letting yourself dream big, like going after the dream saying, yeah, I think I could do it. You create, you funnel that drama into creating big things for yourself. The fixer rescuer. Um, the mean girl energy is kind of, you are really kind of nosy. Like you want to really know what everybody's thinking. You kind of feel like, you know what they're thinking. You're a little codependent. You're a little pushy because you're good at seeing what's wrong with people. And you're, it's usually coming from a place of like, you want to, you know, you see how to fix the problem and you want to give it to them. Um, and usually you might be hyper-focusing on one thing or one person and you're good at feeling the most worth only when others need you. Like you value yourself and how much people need you. And tweaking this a little bit means just going into that compassionate, knowledgeable, wise, considerate, graceful energy. Um, you become your own rescuer therapist. You don't become everybody else's. You focus more on the moat in your eye. Um, and when people come to you, you just sit with them as witnesses, like empathetic witness without needing to fix, you listen more than you talk. You learn to just love and only give opinions when expressly asked. And you're good at recognizing growth opportunities that others have. Um, instead of thinking you need to fix it, you look at their challenges as their opportunity for growth and their opportunity to learn. Um, the next one is the good girl. I think this is really easy to be kind of in our religious format to like, we get a lot of value of being the good girl and it kind of is submissive, like invisible. You're not really loud. You're inauthentic a little bit because you're people pleasing and you're good at self-depriving, like putting other people in front of you. So you're good at seeing others needs. This is all mean girl energy, like putting people's needs in front of you, seeing their needs really understand what others want you to do. So you show up in that way. You you read people what they really want you to be. And so you show up what they want to be versus who you want to be. Um, but you're usually compassionate, empathetic, but you're not good at saying no because you're so worried about what others will think of you. Like you really want to be viewed as the good girl. Let's tweak it a little bit into the inner wisdom where I want you to feel abundant and apologetic, have self-care, ground it, connect it to yourself and others. You're good at giving, but also receiving. 
and compassionate and kind. So in order to tweak that, like if you're getting validation from being the good girl, these are the things you need to tweak it to make more of the wisdom of like using this for your strength. You're good at asking yourself, what do you need? You're good at validating yourself. You don't look for other people to validate you. You serve without resentment, meaning like if you cannot serve somebody and not feel resentful, you are happy to say no. You're good at sensing what is really going on for others, but don't feel like you have to change it. And you use that sense for providing service from love and also, okay, saying no when you need to, okay? You really don't feel like you need to always be viewed as the good girl, okay? And the last one I'm going to go over is superwoman. And the mean girl energy is you're a little bit of a victim and a martyr because you're overwhelmed, you're burdened. These are all the emotions you're feeling, over-responsible, over-committed, alone, world on your shoulders, so you're good at saying yes and taking more and more on and good at seeing all that has to be done. Like see everything that needs to be done. Um, and people don't even know what, they just think you're like, you appear as the superwoman with no sweat. And so like superhuman of like, people just think, oh, she could always do it. So you're good at putting on a front and not really showing your true feelings. All of that is kind of the mean girl energy. To go more into the inner wisdom, we need to tweak it a little bit I want you to feel strong. I want you to feel supported um, on top of the world instead of the world on top of you. Commit it to yourself and those you love. Okay. So you're feel committed, strong, supported. And in order to do, the, do this, your actions need to be aligned more with like, don't feel like you have to be the one doing it all. These are thoughts I want you to be thinking. You can delegate. You're a good negotiator, meaning you let, let people know, well, you can't do X, but you can do Y. You don't feel like you have to say yes to everything. You tell them what you can do. And you feel good, like you validate your own contribution without the need to do more or to have other people validate you for your worth. Okay, these are just, I, you know, I have many more that I could go through and these are just seven ways it shows up, but actually like there's a million of them to show up. And so I want you to like kind of look at your strengths and see if you are turning them into meaner girl and using to weaponize against you or mean boy, because this is where when you take your strengths and you just focus on that and it becomes actually your weakness. I'm sorry. That is my dog. <laughs> Charlie, welcome to my dog. That is, this is how we learn to quiet your inner mean girl. Okay. So when you listen, the first thing you need to do is when your inner mean girl speaks, you just need to let her talk. Don't talk over her. You learn to create space where you could see her talking, but don't get attached to what she's saying. Um, so you allow kind of that undistracted. And that's why I was talking about like walks and in the car, like when the intermediate girl needs to speak, you need to let her rant. Okay. And you just let her speak without really attaching and you see it for what it is, where it's just your thoughts and not truth. And you get really good at creating space to be able to articulate what you're actually feeling. Um, really respecting like your emotions and your intellect and knowing like the intuition of the balance of it. Like you learn how to create your gut instinct. You're kind of like the first one. You're being able to watch your thoughts. Uh, you learn to see like your automated negative thoughts. We call them ants. And we all have them and they're kind of our incorrect beliefs or cognitive distortions, we call them. And we're able to label what's going on in our head and not like buy into our own story or our own hysteria, right? The mean girl will give you like hysteria and everything. You'll be like, oh, to like, be like, no, that's the mean girl 
energy. I'm not going to pick up on it, but you're being able to see it. You get good at processing emotions. Um, you develop the capacity to tolerate really uncomfortable feelings without trying to change them. Um, as often as attempts to buffer our emotions away, we no longer like we're able to like even like I was the other week I was feeling, I was like, oh, I'm so sad, so sad. And I was able to sit with them and be like, oh no, I'm actually feeling grief. And I was able to name it and feel into my body and just kind of feel it. That is really how you process emotion. You articulate exactly what it is, you name it, and then you feel it. And you just keep feeling it until it gets smaller. Um, you're okay with being uncertain. Like the mean girl energy is wants to feel certain and right about everything. And, you know, I've told you before, like my favorite question is how am I wrong? I'm willing to be wrong. I'm okay being wrong. I'm creating space for that in my life. Um, and when you like kind of assume that beginner's mind, you start seeing the world a little bit differently. And that's where your inner wisdom comes in because you're like, how am I wrong? And then you kind of let those inner wisdom feelings come up. This is a really important one. And, you know, you Get good at protecting your emotional health. There are going to be times when you are under eating, overeating, you're sleep deprived, you're not feeling well, um, you just have a lot going on and you just don't feel emotional safe. So you get good at like seeing that and calling that and then like using that as not times to make decisions. Um, and you realize that it will be harder to access your inner wisdom. You don't make it mean something's wrong with you. You just literally see it of like, oh, this is the reason I can't really access this. I need to like um, realign myself. I need to take care of myself a little bit better. Okay. Um, and that's really also listening to your body. Um, different people feel their wisdom in different physical locations. And it could be in your stomach, your chest, your heart, your throat, your forehead. Um, really spending time alone. And creating a quiet spot where you are kind of asking the spirit or the wisdom for your answer to a question. And, you know, sometimes I ask a question and I don't hear the answer for weeks and I just keep asking it. So being patient and like really being intent, like for a response, like I really have a belief it I will hear a response. So I just keep asking it. I don't, when I get impatient, that is when my work is, I go into the inner mean girl, right? Where like, it should be right away. I have to be certainty. So learning like to kind of just sit with it and be patient and listen to my body of where I'm feeling. And that is like being really still. When we're aligned with our inner wisdom, we really, we still take action towards our goals, but we don't demand that things turn out a certain way. We focus all our energy on being in the moment and taking the next indicated step. Like I just think, okay, what's the next best thing I need to do? And that is like within my relationship with my LGBTQ children, um, like I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm always like, okay, what is the next best thing I need to be doing? And that is how I tap into my inner wisdom. When I'm trying to like solve or figure out the end game, that is where I go to the mean girl. And I really realize like whatever the next step is, it's going to be 50-50, meaning there's going to be some great things and there's going to be bad things. Like all the time, life is never going to be perfect. It's always going to have challenges. Okay. And I learned to be self-compassion. Like this is a art. And so it takes time to learn yourself and to listen to that voice again. So I've learned to like, when I've veered off or see areas where I did not listen to my inner wisdom or I wasn't aligned, 
I don't make it mean that I'm a problem. I'm never going to get it. I just feel like, oh, I just misread the signals or I understand I, I was trying to protect myself. I was too hard to trust myself. And I simply like course correct and make a no mental note of the experience and use wisdom. So to really tap into your inner wisdom, these are the three things you need to be asking. You're trying to protect yourself from what? And your inner mean girl will think it's my job too. And then that's just kind of where you take it away. Like, no, I got it. Like assign her to a different job. That's why I gave you like the inner mean girl and the inner wisdom. I want you to take your strengths and just assign her, make her a little bit softer, assign her to a different. And what do I need right now to feel safe? Okay. So it's all protection. When you tell yourself that you're protected and you're safe and you really feel that way, and you create that safety for yourself, no matter what the circumstance, that is where you feel centered and aligned and you're able to hear the spirit and hear that wisdom. And like I said, I experienced this last week where it was not a circumstance that was lovely. It was, um, I know all the circumstances are neutral, but I had a lot of thoughts about the circumstance and nine out of 10 of you would have not loved the circumstance either. But because I was able to be like, okay, validate myself and create that emotional safety for myself, I was able to show up with that child from a very loving place and not escalate the situation. Okay. So to really, when you feel that inner mean girl come in and you're like, I cannot access the wisdom, these are the three things you should be doing. First, ask yourself, what are you trying to protect yourself from? Like, why is the inner mean girl so loud? She's trying to protect you. What is it? Okay. Let her rant, figure out what she's trying to protect you from. Sometimes you need to journal it. Sometimes you even like do a voice recording of like what you're feeling. Um, just exactly what you're thinking and feeling. You need to get it out to see the story that she's giving you. And then you really ask yourself, number two is, what do you really know to be true? What is really driving this negative emotion? Like pause and breathe and separate the, the facts from your thoughts. Um, most of what the rant is will be thoughts that aren't true and just a story you're making up. And once again, like I ask myself that and I say, what else? Until I like feel really emptied and fully heard of like what I really think. And this third one's going to sound a little woo-woo, but there is a, it's called NLP, a neuro-linguistic programming. And it's when you do a technique that like you do something physical and connect, like, I want you to pick like one thought from what do I really need to be true that feels like your wisdom. I want you to pick that truth that fills you with love and peace and say it and then like do something physical, you know, like um, I am a good mother or I know what's best for my son. Say that and tap your heart while you do it. Say that and rub your fingers. Say that and um, touch your toes. Something that allows you to connect your truth with a physical moment. That does something in your brain, that NLP technique, and it locks that truth in your brain and your body, okay? And then the better you get at doing this and listening to your inner wisdom, the clearer it gets. You know, you see those people who are like, hear the spirit so well, because it's practice. It's not like they're better at it. They've just practiced more. So this is the practice. And I want you to practice this because if you have an LGBTQ child, you will be in circumstances that you will need your inner wisdom. You will need how you view it because it will, might be different from everybody else around you. And so that's why I want you to build up the practice of hearing your inner wisdom, 
following it. So you show up confidently and love and the best experience and you're the best self for your child and for yourself. All right. If you have any questions, please join me and lift it together or reach out to me on Instagram, Jenny Hunter coaching. And I appreciate you being with me today. Have a great day. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community, Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.